Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. What, what a welcome. Becca, can you do that wherever I go, please? That would be great. Um, I'm just going to pray before we start. So, Father God, we just thank you for what you're doing this morning. And we pray um, that you continue to show us new things, to challenge us. And, yeah, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would um, be moving. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak, speak through me. Um, and, Lord, just pray that you open up our hearts and minds to you in your name. Amen. Cool. So I'm going to start off uh, with kind of the Bible verse that uh, Amy read. I'm going to start off um, from, the, uh, from Exodus 20, verse 8, from the message translation. Um, so it says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But on the seventh day is your Sabbath to God. Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work, not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servant, nor your maid, nor your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. For in six days God made heaven, earth, and sea, and everything in them. He rested on the seventh day, therefore God blessed the Sabbath day. He set it apart as a holy day. So today, yes, we're talking about rest. We are talking about Sabbath. And I think it's a much needed thing to talk about and I think it challenges a lot of us and you know what that's okay that's okay that it challenges us and sometimes we need to be challenged right we need to be like oh okay that's a different way of looking at things that's a different way of thinking about things and to start off this talk that passage is in Exodus I want to go back to Genesis okay the first book in the Bible and it says this In Genesis 2, it says, Heaven and earth were finished, down to the last detail. By the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day, because on that day he rested from his work. All the creating God had done. So I read this, right? And I'm like, yeah, I've read that before. That's really interesting. But something that I hadn't twigged on, right, is... That at the end of the creation story, at the end of every day, it says that, and then there was evening and morning, okay, as the days passed, right? On the seventh day, there is no, there is evening and there was morning. I don't know about you, but I I find that incredibly interesting because God's Sabbath, you know, that seventh day was something that was never supposed to end, Right? God's Sabbath was supposed to be something that lasted forever. It was, you know, this, there was this perfect creation and this perfect home for humanity, okay? Like, both man and woman, right, had jobs to do in the Garden of Eden. I don't subscribe to the idea that they were lounging around being fed grapes by animals. I don't know what went on in the Garden of Eden, but that isn't what I believe happened, right? And, you know, God asked man and woman to look after his creation, 
they were working in the Garden of Eden, right? It may not have been like, I, d- I don't know. They would have been looking after the animals. Adam had to name all the animals. Like, I struggle to name my daughter, let alone name like hundreds and hundreds of animals. Um, you know, they were tending to the garden, you know, making sure that, you know, everything was okay. You know, they were working with God. Yet, the thing that was different, okay, in this perfect creation is that they weren't being burned out. It was just what they did. And they, and they were, you know, there was joy there. There was like, you know, this is, this is what we're called to do. There wasn't frustration. There wasn't burnout. It was life-giving and it was pure. So, this leads me straight on to my first point. Sabbath is necessary. So say it with me. Sabbath is necessary. Cool. 20% alive. Love that. Um, so this endless Sabbath, okay, that we see um, in Genesis, it comes to an end. Okay, in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve disobey God, disobey God in the Garden of Eden. Um, and, you know, they basically want to be God themselves. They want to know good and evil. They want to make all the decisions, all the rules. um, And they basically say, God, you are not enough. And this is what God says to Adam. He says, because you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat, not to eat from, um, the very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds. You'll get your food the hard way, planting and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk. I'd be like, God, come on. That is harsh. But, you know, the Adam and Eve, they just straight up disobey God. They, they had the kind of gift of being able to walk with God. Like God was like right there. They were able to walk with him. You know, um, they could see God face to face and they still you know they still kind of they still rejected God they still disobeyed him and God is saying because you've done that this beautiful creation that I've created for you that I've given to you it can no longer be perfect it can no longer be this thing that um where you're just you know feeling like you're refreshed constantly there was a change so does this mean that all of our, now kind of, you know, as it says in that, in that passage, that the fields were cursed, you know, it was something that, you know, it was going to be difficult and tough to work. Does that mean that all work is cursed? No, it doesn't mean that all work is cursed because at the end of the day, work is still from God, right? Work is from God as much as rest is, okay? So it's something that we still need to give our best to. We still need to be like, yeah, I'm going to, when I'm working, I'm going to do it all for God. Okay, it's still something that's so important. It's just that because of the sin that was in that garden, there was an irreversible change to the experience of work. Yeah, there's joy in work, but now there's also frustrations, right? Things that annoy you, things that rub you up the wrong way. You know, that, that, those kinds of things could be, you know, the thing that you really want to do in your life, 
that one thing and you're like, oh, I really want to do it, but you know it might not necessarily bring in the income that you need, right? Those kinds of frustrations or, you know, you're doing the job that you love so much that you're pouring your heart and soul into, but the people there are the worst. <laughs> like they just really annoy you and you're like, oh, what am I doing? I'm doing something that I love, but there's still this frustration here. And we also experience like longing for days off. I don't know about you, but when I go on holiday and I come back, I'm like, can I go back on holiday? Like, I don't feel fully refreshed. Like, we always have that longing. Oh, but I want more. But I want more. But I want more. You know, we sometimes experience burnout. Politics in work is never nice. Difficult situations, conversations, maybe even feeling like you're a small cog in this big machine that doesn't stop and you feel like, oh, I just have to keep going because there's no way out. You know, these are the things that we experience in work because we live in a world that is no longer perfect. However, it wasn't, this wasn't God's plan. The plan was to live in harmony with God, free of sin, free of that hard work. Obviously, God's plan was, you know, yeah, we're going to work, we're going to give our everything, but not the hard work that beats us down, that grinds us down. Living in like, like Eden was. So later, we find ourselves in Exodus, kind of where we find ourselves in the, in the story that we're doing. Um, and, you know, we see, you know, the Ten Commandments are kind of revealed to the Israelites, okay? And, you know, they, they've been living under Pharaoh who had them working in the fields from dawn to dusk. You know, they were slaves. They had no escape. They were a small cog in this big machine. They had no way out. They, you know, they were suffering, okay, doing this hard work, working pain all their life. And, you know, they... We, we know in Exodus, they, they, they're free. They, God allow, you know, enables a way for them to escape, and they escape from the clutches of Pharaoh. Um, and God, in his commandment, says, I'm giving you a day of rest. You need it, guys. You've been in slavery for like 400 years. You need rest. I'm going to give that to you. And here's a day that you can set aside so you don't have to feel guilty for putting your feet up. I'm giving you a, a day where you can just forget all the stuff that's going on and just have that, have that pure rest like in the Garden of Eden. John Mark Comer writes this in his book, Garden City. Sabbath isn't just a day to not work. It's a day to delight in what one Hebrew poet called the work of our hands. To delight in the life you've carved out in partnership with God. To delight in the world around you and to delight in God himself. Sabbath is a day to pull up a chair, sink into it, and look back over the last six days and just enjoy. That sounds pretty good if you ask me. That is like what Sabbath should be. But I wonder how many of us actually have ever experienced Sabbath like that. Do we even know when our Sabbath is in our week? Like, do we even have time set aside where we can literally delight in what God has done and delight in the world around us, in, the, in what God has made? And we need this day far more than we realise, okay? In our day, we have 24, you know, we have 24 hours. We sleep 
for a lot of those, well, maybe not if you have a baby, um, but we are supposed to sleep for a large portion of the, of the day, okay? So, like, like, you know, eight hours, you know, the teenagers, I know that you love to sleep maybe 12 hours, if you're lucky, if you get some, get a lay-in. I've forgotten what a lay-in's like. Um, but, like, you know, there's, we have sleep that is carved into our, into our full 24 hours because we need it, because it's so important. If we don't sleep, we lose it and we go crazy, Okay, I remember doing um, all-nighters at uni, doing assignments, and I wasn't right the next day. I was struggling because I needed that sleep. Our bodies aren't created just to work. We need sleep, so rest is naturally needed in our everyday life. We weren't created to have to deal with everything we deal with without rest. We, everything that comes our way, we need rest to deal with that. So, that's the first point. Sabbath is necessary. Second point, Sabbath is letting go. John Mark Homer um, is basically, in his quote that I just read, is calling out here that, you know, we don't often treat Sabbath um, as a Sabbath, but we, we treat it often as a day off. I'm going to say something that might be, a, I don't know, maybe controversial, who knows. Um, but Sabbath is not a day off, Okay. A day off is those things where you're like, oh, I need to hang the washing out. I need to, I need to mow, the, mow the lawn. I need to take stuff to the tip. Um, I, need to, I need to do this. I need to do that. All those jobs that you have that you're like, oh, I don't want to do, but I know I've got to do them. Really, that's a day off. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be really transparent because there's people in church that saw me yesterday on my Sabbath at the tip Nathan Bird's looking at me and saying, I saw you on your Sabbath working. Um, and, you know, I'm saying we don't always get it right. And my Sabbath kind of probably looks different to a lot of yours. I, I'm here working. I work for church. So Sunday morning for me, yeah, it's, it's work. And it's important for us that we have, you know, a Sabbath is like that full 24 hours where we can just, you know, commit that to rest, commit that to God and you know it's putting God first on our Sabbath even if it means even if it means letting go of things that we think oh my time could be better spent there whether that's taking stuff to the tip whether that's you know cleaning after the kids whether that's doing some painting or whatever you know God is allowing us this time to let go of the stuff that we feel guilty for not doing. But he's saying, that's, that's not it. I'm giving you this time. My wife, wrote, uh, my wife Rosie knows what I'm like at the weekend. If we've had a really crazy week, I'm like, I'm not doing anything at the weekend. That's literally what I'm like. Um, if the football's on, I'm like, I'm watching football all weekend. I've had such a crazy week. Um, and, you know, I know that that's not realistic, okay? You know, that's, that's my longing, for a weekend where, some weekends where it's been crazy, I just want to shut, shut myself away, watch TV, and that would be amazing. <laughs> but it doesn't always happen like that. Um, and I've been really thinking about what does my, what does my Sabbath look like? I, before COVID and all of that, I really tried to make sure I had 24 hours of time that was set aside to bring 
life, not just to myself, but to my family and to delight in what God has done and to delight in God as well. And, you know, I'm out of that rhythm. I've got to be honest, I'm out of it. And this, this talk is as challenging to me as it might be for you guys. I'm, I'm you know, writing this thinking, oh man, I've got to sort it out. Like I need to, you know, how, how am I spending my Sabbath? You know, my perfect Sabbath is, you know, I, I wake up, um, you know, go on a run. Um, I love to go on a run, at the, you know, on a Saturday and get out and just kind of be in Littlehampton, be in God's most beautiful creation, Littlehampton. Come on. Um, and, you know, just go for a run, spend time outside. Um, or it's playing football with my friends on a Saturday morning and just being in community with people. That's what I love. And then coming home, spending time with Rosie and Wanda, maybe, you know, eating some really nice food um, and, you know, making sure we save the takeaways or whatever to a Saturday. Um, And, yeah, just enjoying that time. And also, like, an important thing that even I sometimes forget, and being totally honest, is committing that to God. Spending time, carving out time where I'm saying, God, this day, it's a gift from you. And I want to give back to you. I want to, you know, I want to spend time with you. I want to delight in you as well as everything that you've made. So, so yeah, you know, those things that don't bring me life, they drain me, you know, whether it's gardening or whatever. Um, And even though I don't want to do them, they still feel necessary. So sometimes we make them feel more necessary than resting. Like every, everything um, won't work out if we don't do these things, okay? If I don't do this, then the whole world's going to explode or something. Um, but what happens when we let go of that, let go of that feel, feeling guilty that the things that carry on, um, you know, that carry on that feeling of work into the weekend, um, which means we don't find rest or even have the time to bring our week to Jesus and rest in him. So, you know, sometimes we do feel guilty, don't we? busy week we get to the weekend and we're like I still got this still got that still got that still got that you know Rosie said to me that she actually enjoys cleaning and it brings her rest and I'm like why are you okay like and she said yeah no it it relaxes me and whatever and you know some that makes me feel guilty when I'm deciding I'm gonna watch some tv Rosie's like cleaning the bathroom I'm hearing everything happen from downstairs and I'm like oh you're working but you find it like restful what's going on and I'm not here to say what you need to find restful okay what I'm not here to say what you should find you know what should bring you life that's not for me to say that's for you to work out to figure out to spend time with God and to know um but you know you know for some people it's playing football for some people it's cleaning it can be so different But I want to ask you some questions. You don't have to answer them, but just think about them. Are you doing things that bring delight to God as well as yourself? Do we spend unnecessary amounts of time on devices or social media that don't allow you to rest? Do you need to let go of something, some perceptions, worldviews, to allow yourself to have a Sabbath? I don't know if your job's crazy and if it demands a lot of you, but are there times where you're like, I'm still working and it's the weekend. Are there some perceptions in the world that is like, no, we work, 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 work. But is that the perception, is that the worldview of being a Christian? 
Is that the worldview that Jesus is telling us that we have to work and we can't stop? I don't believe it is. I believe that we put our best into work and, you know, it's our worship to God. However, God has set aside this time for rest. John Mark Homer puts it like this. And just like work, a lot of people look to rest, play or leisure for a sense of identity. I'm a musician. I'm an athlete. We're starving for a sense of identity and even more for belonging in a community. This desire isn't bad at all. It's latent in all of us from birth because it was put there by God. But when we search for identity and belonging in what we do for fun instead of God and his people, we turn music or sport or fashion or whatever it is we love into a little G God and we come up empty every time. So the rest that we need is far more than we can give ourselves. You know, whether it's, you know, hanging out with friends or, um, you know, watching TV, we need far more than that. So the fact that, you know, going back to that Bible passage about the ground being cursed, um, you know, we as humans literally struggle to rest. Okay, we struggle with it. But in fact, struggling to rest should be something that drives us towards God to seek him for true rest, rest and to Sabbath. And my final point, just to finish off, is Sabbath is not the end, but a gift for now. So Jesus, he is the embodiment of the Sabbath. Jesus is the only Sabbath. Okay, I'm talking, you know, I've been talking about one day a week. Okay, but Jesus is, he's the seventh Sabbath day in flesh and blood. And we can come to him and find that rest that we are longing for, that we need to get us through all the things in life that we face. You know, if we've had a stressful week, we need to be able to go to Jesus And the reason why I said, you know, Sabbath is not the end, but a gift for now is this one day a week. As I said, when, you know, God's talking about creation in Genesis and that whole narrative, okay, you know, it wasn't intended for this Sabbath to end. Okay, this one day a week that we've got now that that we can call the Sabbath, that's great. But God wants more for us than that. That's not the end just to have this one day a week. One day when Jesus returns, we're going to be Sabbath in forever. And that's going to be absolutely incredible. But we need to make the most of what God's given us now. God's given us some amazing gifts. One is Jesus, that we can go to him. As Amy said, all of the burdens that we have, all the things that are difficult in our working week, even in our non-working week, that we can go to him and just give it all to him. And secondly, that there's this day that, you know, in the Bible, you know, we don't just do it because it's in the Bible and because it's traditional, but because it makes sense that we need to rest. Like, we need to take time off. And God knows that. God knows that we can't just go 24-7 with no rest. So he's gone, I know you so well. I'm giving you this time. You know, Jesus died um, and was dead over the Sabbath. And he rose again on the eighth day, the start of a new, new week, symbolizing the start of a new creation. That is, I find that super interesting that even Jesus' resurrection allows for a Sabbath to rest and then come alive at the start of a new week, you know, ready for, ready for the challenges that we face, um, but doing it fully alongside God. I'm just going to read this last passage from Matthew 11:28. Are you tired? worn out, burned out on religion, come to me, 
Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So Becca, do you want to come up? So while Sabbath is necessary for us as humans, and whilst, um, you know, whilst we also need to maybe let go of some worldviews that we have that are not helpful to allow us this, this rest, this time with God, we won't truly find rest until we give everything that we have over to Jesus. And our rest doesn't become a, day, a, you know, a weekly thing, but a daily thing. Cool. Thank you. Do you want to lead in communion?